Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Pastor Vance Mansfield, and this is Faith Over Fear. Today, we're going to talk about something that I am calling It Is Written. And this is based on some conversations that I've had with people and uh, some emails that we've gotten and some phone calls and all of these different things. People are wondering why they quote scripture and it doesn't work. So I think we can answer that today. We're going to definitely try to answer that. We are going to go into Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. And it says, And then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, the first thing that we've got to understand about what we're going through is sometimes it may be preordained. It may be supposed to happen. In fact, a lot of times when we're going through something that goes against what we preach and what we believe, it is in fact a trial based on the revelation that you have. So you people hear me say all the time, that I have got to prove the revelation before I can preach the revelation. And what I mean by that is I'll give you an example. If I believe that we are not supposed to be sick, which in fact I do believe that, that we are not supposed to be sick. If I believe that, then I am going to have to face sickness. All right. I'm going to be tempted. I'm going to be tried on what I believe. See, I've got the revelation that we don't have to be sick. I have the revelation that we can walk in health and we can walk in victory. And the more that I preach that, the more I'm tried on that. Now, what I mean by that is if I start, if I believe that we don't have to be sick, and let's just say that a cold or a flu or something tries to attack me. That's a sickness. And I don't believe that I have to have that. I don't believe that I have to go through that. Well, because I don't believe that it's going to try to attack me. And when it tries to attack me, most of us will start quoting the scripture, by his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And then we'll take it on into the New Testament where they quoted it and said, by his stripes we were healed. And then we'll say, all right, devil, it's already done. We're I'm healed. And the whole time I'm facing sickness. And we say, well, the scriptures doesn't work. We're tried on what we believe. So let me show you how you can make the scriptures work for you. How you can bring it into effect in your life. And this is vitally important for you to understand because there are a lot of people all over the world who have been taught to just quote these scriptures and they die. They, nothing works. It doesn't work for them. And a lot of people lose faith in God. Well, let, there's, there are keys to this. 
See, Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Keys, plural. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But I'm giving you the keys. The keys unlock the door. All right, so there are a lot of keys that we have got to understand. There are a lot of keys that we're not turning. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, when Jesus was led up of the Spirit, see, he was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And when the tempter, now let's look at that word tempter. The word tempter, is defined as to test, that is, to endeavor, to scrutinize, to entice, to discipline, to assay, to examine, to prove. Okay? That's what the word tempter means. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. See, the first thing that happened was he was hungry. And I, I've taught this before, and some of the religious people seem to get upset about this, but I think it's because they don't understand what I'm saying, and they won't give it a chance to hear what I'm saying. So I pray that you listen to what I'm actually saying and don't try to interpret it yourself or, or make it sound like I'm saying something that I'm not. When this happened to Jesus, it happened in his mind. Now, I know that the movies project this dark figure that walked up to him and looked at him in this human form and said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Well, you've got to understand, first he was hungry. And he's standing there and he's looking at stones. And this is going on in his mind. It, it happened to him the same way that it happens to us. All right. Maybe one or two or ten of you would write in and say that you have seen a physical manifestation of something appear before you and tell you something. And I will believe that because I've seen that happen as well. But the majority of the people and the majority of the times that it happens to everyone, it's going to come in your mind. It's going to happen in your mind. It's going to be a thought. If thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he responded with, it is written. He didn't create an answer. He didn't come up with an answer on his own. He simply responded, it is written. Written, and he only said what was written. He didn't create anything. Now let's go to verse 5. And the devil taketh him up. Now we got to define the word devil. The word devil is actually the word diabolos. And it means a traducer. Specifically Satan, a false accuser, or slanderer. That's what the word devil means. Now let's see what happens. When the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said unto him, If you are actually the Son of God, 
cast yourself down. Now look, here's the accusation. For it is written, he's, try, he's quoting scripture back to him. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. See, he took the scripture out of context. This is the devil, the attribute of the devil talking. He took the scripture out of context and, and made it an accusation. He accused God, saying that this was his word and he had to obey it. He had to follow it. Let's see how Jesus responds. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 7, Jesus responded and he said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now, if anyone does not believe that that's an accusation, Jesus wouldn't have responded as it being tempting God. He would have just done it. But the spirit of it was tempting God, and it was in a deceitful, twisted way. And Jesus responds again, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and he showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, All of these things will I give you if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. Now let's define the word Satan. Satan is the Greek word satanus, and it means accuser. Seems like we just read that, don't it? It means accuser, and it comes from the word satan, which actually just roots from the Hebrew word that is used for Satan, and it means to resist or withstand an opposition, an accusation. And that's the Hebrew definition of the word Satan. Okay. So, Satan, get thee hence, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And the devil, that's the same word again, leaveth him alone, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So he passed the test, see, because it left. That spirit left him. Now, why doesn't it leave when we try to get rid of it? Why does it seem to linger around? Why does it seem like we have to go through all of these problems? We're talking about it is written and why it doesn't work for us. So why does it seem like we can go days and weeks and months on end trying to get results, trying to get rid of these problems, and they never seem to go away? I'm going to show you. The first thing we have to understand is Jesus was using the word. All right. So to understand the word, we have to go to John 1 1, 
where it talked about the word. It said, John chapter one, verse one said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. It's talking about the word. All right. Now let's skip down because it's just going to talk about John the Baptist for a little while. And let's go to verse 14. It said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So the word was made flesh. And that's what we called the son of God. Okay. You are now called the sons of God. And you have got to become the word made flesh. You have got to become the word in the flesh. That's why he said, I will write my word on the fleshly tables of your heart, of your mind, of your thoughts, of your intellect. That's where my word is going to be written. So, the reason that it doesn't work for us is because we're not one with the word that we are quoting. We are just simply quoting the scriptures. And it's good to be able to quote the scriptures. But if you want to have the power of the scriptures, then you have to become that word. If you're just merely speaking the letters of it, if you're just reading it basically then you're you're dealing with something let, let me give you an example uh, we're going to read it out of acts the 19th chapter see you become like this the uh, seven sons of skeva try to say that three times fast the seven sons of skeva you become like them and let me read to you so that you understand what i'm talking about and it said in Acts chapter 19, verse 11, it said, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs of aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them, just simply from cutting pieces of his clothing off and sending it to these people, these things happen. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. The name of the Lord Jesus saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, And the word skiva actually means left-handed, okay? There were seven sons of one skiva, a Jew, and a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered. Now, this is, this is what I, the point I'm trying to make right here. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul I know, 
but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So he said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? I know the guys that you're preaching of. I know the guys that you're mimicking, but I don't know who you are. Why did he not know who they were? Because they did not have the relationship. They had not become the word that they were preaching. And those spirits beat the crap out of them and left them naked and sent them out. So when we're just quoting scripture randomly, trying to make it work and in a hope that this is going to work, right? We don't know for sure. We're just doing what we're told to do and we're hoping that we're going to get some relief out of it. These spirits that are afflicting us are basically saying the same thing. Peter, I, or Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? They know the word that you're quoting, but there's no power behind the word because you have not become the word. And in order to become the word, you've got to have the revelation of the word. And the word revelation is the Greek word apocalypse or apocalypsis. Okay, and it means to pull the curtain back and to make something known that was hidden, to reveal something. So if we're quoting the scripture, by his stripes, we are healed. It sounds simple enough. It doesn't seem like we really need a revelation on that, but you do. You've got to have the understanding. You've got to know what you're reading and not just know that, he died so that we could be healed or he died so that we could be saved. See, we all believe that we're saved. Everyone believes they're saved, right? But people don't have the same faith for healing. They don't have the same faith for miracles. They don't have the same faith when they're going through a trial or a problem to take authority over the problem. They don't have the same faith that when they get in the boat to go to the other side and the winds start blowing real strong, they don't have the same faith to speak to the wind, peace be still, and the wind lay down, and the seas become calm. See, they don't have that faith, but they have the faith to believe they're saved. And really, it's the same faith. So why doesn't it work on both sides? Because they had the revelation that they're saved. They had the revelation. How do you have the revelation? You just, you know, inside of you, it becomes illuminated inside of you. It becomes real inside of you. So there's no one that can take that away to the people that have that. So in order to make the rest of the scriptures work the same way, it's got to become illuminated. It's got to become known inside of us. And in order for it to really become known, you have to be tried on it. It's kind of like a circle, but once you get out of the circle, then you just walk in that power. You walk in that victory. When you overcome that, you become the, the conqueror of that, so to speak. And I, I know the Bible says that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. I understand that, that we're more than overcomers because he overcame. I, I get it. But you've still got to overcome. You've still got to win the, your victories. It's part of the taking up your cross and following him. 
You're not going to be nailed to a cross. So what is he talking about? You've got to overcome that in yourself. So how do we deal with that with sickness? See, I don't believe that I can get sick, but that doesn't seem to stop things from trying to attack me. And everyone around me will look at me in all of their great faith and say, you're getting sick. You're going to get sick. And I look at them and say, where is your faith? You have no faith. And the people that are really close to me that understand that I don't mean anything bad by it, I will look at them and say, you faithless and perverse generation, get away from me. And I mean what I'm telling them, but I'm not mean in telling them. And they understand what I'm saying because I don't want that negativity around me because as soon as you tell me something like that and I start to believe what you're telling me, then I'm going to get sick. That's just the bottom line. You can look at someone and tell them they are pretty every day of their life and then you turn around and tell them one time that they are ugly. They're going to believe that. We are prone to believing the negative first. And I I don't understand how we allowed this to happen as Christians. How do we always cling to the negative first? Why do we always go to what is bad first? We should go to what is good first. God is good, right? The word good actually came from the word God. So that's where we need to go first. If you tell me I'm ugly, it doesn't offend me. I'll laugh with you, but it doesn't offend me. If you tell me I'm fat, it doesn't offend me. I'll make a joke about it with you, okay? If you tell me I look sickly because I've lost too much weight, that's great. That's your opinion. It doesn't, I don't allow those things to get in me. I don't allow that negativity to enter into my mind. And that's part of what keeps me operating in the power of the word because I don't get distracted by people's comments. I don't get distracted by negativity. And believe me, people are rude. People are mean. They will flat out tell you things that are not true. And they think that they're telling you the truth. Jesus said that he was the truth. And if you're not telling me him, then you're not telling me truth. And what is what is him? I know that's improper grammar, but like what what is he he is whatever you need him to be when you need him to be that so if you need deliverance he's a deliverer but you've got to understand that he can deliver you and he will deliver you and he is delivering you it's got to become alive in you and then when it becomes alive in you when you quote what is alive in you then you can walk in the victory of the word and you can walk in the power of the word I pray that this broadcast was a blessing to you. Please go to our website, PastorVanceMansfield.com. Check out our website. If these broadcasts are blessing you, if you're studying along with us, help us keep them coming to you. Make a donation on the website. Whatever God lays on your heart to give, please make a donation. Or you can mail a check in to the Vance Mansfield Ministries, uh, P.O. Box 8882, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124. Please make a donation and help us keep this coming to you. It takes a lot of money for us to be able to do this and to operate the way that we're operating and all of the programs and things that we have to have subscriptions to. 
It costs us a lot of money and we're not getting a lot of donations. So if you can make a donation, please make a donation, whatever God lays on your heart to give. And we will pray that God will bless you abundantly for the donation. Like us on YouTube, follow us, ring the bell. That way you know every time that we post something new, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We love you. God bless you.